brothers and sisters, when was the last time that you encountered a person in poverty? How did you react? If you've lived in Austin for any length of time, uh, you, like I, have probably been approached by someone asking for money or food. Often, like the disciples, brothers and sisters, we simply want people in need to go away. Now, I'm not proud of this, but I know that I've consciously desired to walk past someone who I knew would probably be in need without them asking for someone, something. But why do we shy away from encountering poverty? Perhaps we're afraid that even if, even if we do something for them, right, even if we're able to give them some food, even if we're able to give them some money, perhaps we recognize that we still won't be able to alleviate all of their suffering. Perhaps that recognition scares us a little bit. Or perhaps we want them to go to other towns and cities because we're afraid that their poverty will, re will reveal our poverty. Now, we don't like admitting our own poverty. None of us do. Our own need for another. And perhaps we shun the poor because we idolize the myth of the self-made man or the self-made woman. And we fear that the poor will force us to see our own poverties for what they are. Perhaps in encountering an impoverished person, we recognize our own poverty. Perhaps we notice how close we are to financial ruin or financial poverty ourselves, the worry about making ends meet in our own home. But perhaps it goes deeper still, brothers and sisters. More serious, more grave types of poverty from a moral standpoint. A poverty of love, a lack of friendship, uh, loneliness, the poverty of envy and jealousy, the poverty of being a slave to lust or to gluttony, the poverty of our own hidden sins, which we cover with a thin veneer of respectability, or the poverty of worry and anxiety, of mental illness, the poverty of hidden family problems. The list could go on and on and on, and each of us has some poverty in our life. But we're afraid to encounter poverty in another because we believe that myth of the self-made man or the self-made woman, someone who pulls themselves up by their bootstraps. But that characterization, that caricature does not exist in reality. Our personal choices, they're very important. Don't hear me wrong here. They're formative. They matter. We bear moral responsibility for them. But make no mistake, brothers and sisters, no man or woman is an island. From the very first moment of our conception, human beings exist fundamentally in relation to another. No one gives birth to himself. 
No human being who lived or whoever will live has come to maturity without the intervention of other human beings. And this fact of our relationality as human persons is made abundantly clear in the incarnation. And the fact that the Lord Jesus, the second person of the Holy Trinity, became man and depended upon another. Jesus, who is God, needed his mother. Think about that statement for a second. It should make us tremble. God needed his mother. He needed St. Joseph to teach him things. He needed Mary to comfort him when he was small. God is perfect, brothers and sisters. He's without need, absolutely. But he impoverishes himself. He impoverishes himself and needs needs others. Jesus Christ grew to maturity because St. Joseph and the Blessed Mother loved him. His ultimate poverty, brothers and sisters, is shown on the cross when he empties himself, taking the form of a slave. And this poverty, it continues in every Eucharist that we celebrate when Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, allows himself to be held, broken, and consumed by poor sinners like you and like I. So that we might know his love for us. This is what St. Paul speaks of today, brothers and sisters. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. For Christ has impoverished himself so that he could encounter us precisely in those poverties. And raise us up with him. He makes them not a place of shame or despair, but a place of victory through his love. He gives us himself as the bread that satisfies. And in our weakness, he makes us strong. Having received such a gift, brothers and sisters, should we not do the same for those we encounter each and every day? We can, indeed we must, be compassionate if we are to be Christians indeed and not only in word. Hear the strong words of one of the church fathers, St. John Chrysostom, for those who fail to show mercy after receiving the Eucharist. He says, you have tasted the blood of the Lord, yet you do not recognize your brother. You dishonor this table when you do not judge worthy of sharing your food. Someone judged worthy to take part in this meal. God freed you from all your sins and invited you here, but you have not become more merciful. St. John Chrysostom is not saying those words in a spirit of condemnation to us, brothers and sisters. He's saying those to shake us out of, of our fear, to make us recognize what Christ Jesus has done for us and what we must also do for others. As we pass through our daily lives in the city of Austin and the surrounding area, we encounter a multitude of people who do not yet know Jesus Christ and who have never received the bread which will truly satisfy them. 
And as we do so, the Lord's words should resound in our ears. There is no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves. We are Christ, brothers and sisters, and though we may not be able to give a person money or food each time they ask, we can always, always be compassionate as he was. But that compassion, brothers and sisters, it does have a cost. Compassion, which means literally to suffer with another, requires poverty. It requires being as vulnerable as he was, emptying ourselves as he did, being poor in spirit as he is. Is this difficult? Absolutely. Is it worth it? Yes. When we offer compassion, this offering becomes like the two loaves, or the two fish and the five loaves that we heard about from the disciples today. It becomes an offering to the Lord and bears a rich harvest through whom, through him who lives and reigns forever and ever in the unity of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father.